This episode was recorded in April of 2021. We just thought that we would let you guys know, and we're really excited for you to hear it, and we still think it's important for you to hear it. In this episode, we're going to be interviewing the amazing Erin Stutland. Hi, I'm Erin Stutland. I am the author of Mantras in Motion and the creator of the movement. I think talking to Erin was really insightful because it just shows how many different chapters of your love life that you can have before it finally works out and you're with the person that you want to be with for a while. And I hesitate to say the one. I was about to say the one. Do you, Rhea, do you believe that you can have multiple loves of your life? Oh, 100%. I already have three. Do you think you have multiple ones? We'll see. I do think that people come into your life and teach you lessons at the time that you need those lessons. Mm -hmm. So I am grateful for everything in my past romantically that I've had. That being said, I'm only 21. I feel like there's a long way to go for me. It's so upsetting to think about that because I'm like, oh, I'm 22 and I feel like I've experienced so much love and heartbreak. And I'm like, what next? I'm like, really? There's more. But obviously there's more because we're so young. Episode six. If you want to be my lover. If you want to be my We hope that this episode brings you love in whatever form it's meant to come to you. So, hi Erin. Thanks so much for being with us today. Can you tell us the Erin and Lance story and how you ended up with your husband, how you met him? And do you think you manifested him? Do you think you manifested this love for yourself? Yeah. So I was in a relationship with someone who was a great guy and he checked all the boxes. He was present. He was there for me. He wanted to be in the relationship. He was kind. He was generous. He was thoughtful. You know, and I was also getting a little older and I thought, okay, it's kind of time. I knew I wanted to get married. I knew I wanted to have kids. But there was something about the relationship that just wasn't quite right. And I couldn't really put my finger on it. At the time, I was teaching at Equinox in New York, and I was teaching a class, and there was a tall guy standing in the back who took my class. And afterwards, he came up to me, and he was like, Aaron, I don't know if you remember me. I'm Lance. And and I'm looking at him, and I'm like, wow. And, And he's like, we went to elementary school together. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I totally remembered him as like a little boy, this tall, lanky, skinny kid with glasses. I was like, yeah, oh my God, I totally remember you. We chatted for a bit. He was like, that was a great class. It was so invigorating. And the class, by the way, was what I do. It's saying mantras out loud while you're moving. So first of all, kudos to him for being willing to try a class that he never had tried before and one that was like pretty out there. And so he was like, oh, we should get together, you know. And then he sent me a message on Facebook. We never ended up getting together. He was traveling for work. I was busy. And I also was in this other relationship. I felt like we would just be friends. But I was like, I don't need another like guy friend in the mix right now. Fast forward a couple months later, I was visiting a friend of mine who was airbnb an apartment downtown. It was raining out, I remember. And she was like, oh, why don't you come over? We'll have tea here. It was a Friday afternoon, random afternoon. I walked into the lobby of the building and he was there. Lance was there in the lobby of the building. He was coming out as I was going in. 
And for some reason, I was still in the other relationship. For some reason, this time I, w- I saw him and I was like, ooh, like my heart like fluttered a little bit. And I said to him, like, we should get together. You know, we should get together for a drink. It turns out that he was just moving into the building that day. And the person who I was visiting didn't even live there. She just was visiting there. So it was very serendipitous. A couple of weeks later, we got together for a drink and we didn't know. I think we just kind of thought like, oh, we're just getting together, you know, as friends, old friends catching up. And I remember sitting there having a drink with him. And I remember feeling in my heart a vision. This is my guy, but not yet. I knew that I wasn't available and I just kind of got a sense that he wasn't fully available either. And then the next day he sent me a note. He's like, I want to take you to dinner. And I was like, oh gosh, like now it's going to turn into a date. Like we can't. So I kind of kept putting it off, putting it off. And then we actually did get together a couple more weeks later. And I still was in this relationship. We had an amazing time drinks. Like the conversation was amazing. And at the end of that, I told him, I was like, look, I'm, I'm in a relationship right now. It's very much at a crossroads. I think right now we just have to be friends. And he was like, okay. Like he was very surprised. I think he was like ready to kiss me. I was afraid with Lance that these feelings that I had were just, it was just excitement. It was just a thrill of someone new, you know? And I think I had to really work on myself for the next few months to figure out what was really important to me, who I was, what I wanted from a relationship. Sort of the conclusion that I came to, what finally gave me the courage to end the other relationship, I was like, I know if I stay with this person who I'm with, like I will be settling. That just feels terrible to me. I kind of had to realize this thing with Lance, I don't even know, this may be nothing, it may not work out, but I would rather, this is really powerful for me, I would rather be single than settle. It wasn't just a thought. It was like a feeling. Would you be okay being single for the rest of your life, Aaron? Like I had to ask myself that because like maybe I would. You don't know. Would you rather be single fully for the rest of your life than settle with someone you're not crazy about? I had to get really confident in that answer, which was yes. And then I ended up ending the other relationship and then calling Lance. And I'm like, I'm available. You know, we had our first date and that was like, that was it. I mean, it was like we were engaged in nine months. I love that story so much, especially because didn't you guys go to the same college too? We did. Yeah, we went to the same college. We didn't really know each other. I was, you know, studying Mm -hmm. dance in college and he was like, you know, in a fraternity or whatever. (laughs) It just like wasn't, you know, (laughs) but um, so we didn't really know each other that well. So yeah, we, you know, we grew up together. That is so crazy. It's almost like the universe placed you guys together, like to cross paths. Yeah. There were so many little signs really in our relationship along the way that just made me feel really solid in it and made me feel really like secure that this was, this was the person. I think there are signs all the time if we look for them and it's really up to us to interpret them however we want. I feel like I'm a very practical person, a very realistic person. So you know, I'm not one to be like, oh my God, it was a sign. I'm going to be intellectual about it a little bit. But that being said, I do believe that life in the universe gives you signs. They should feel like little winks from the universe. Like you're doing good kid. You're on the right path. Just keep following. And then, you know, does it mean it's the end all be all? Maybe not, but it certainly means you're on the right path. 
that's how I interpret them at least. I also just think that Nithya's interpretation of signs is very similar to Aaron's. You guys are both very practical and reasonable in your approach to signs. And I think that a lot of our listeners too think of that in the same regard. But then we also have some really magical listeners too. I would say I'm I'm more on the magical side where <laughs> I'm like, everything I see, I'm like, what could this mean? Right. What you said is exactly on point. Like everybody has to interpret it in the way that's meant for them in the moment and what they're doing to put them on the right path. So do you think you manifested him? That's a really good question. I think before I was in the relationship with this other guy, I had made a list of things that I wanted in a person. And it wasn't just things that I wanted, because this is really important. It wasn't just like, I want him to be this and I want him to be that. And I want to, you know, I also really included in there how I feel when I'm with this person and how this person feels when they're with me. And I think that the feeling parts of it were really important because you hear all the time, like make a list of the qualities you want in a person, which is great, but also don't just think about it in terms of like what you want, but think about it also in terms of what you are willing to give in a relationship. So how are you going to make somebody feel? What are you going to bring to the table for them to enrich their lives? I think that that is a really powerful way to approach it. So I had done that list. I had made that list and then I tucked it away somewhere. When I was questioning the other relationship, I did go to, I started going to therapy. And I really think that that was a huge piece of the puzzle for me as well. I love all the stuff, all like the new age stuff and all the work we do around manifesting and like all the stuff that people kind of talk about in the wellness world right now. But there's also just something really powerful about an incredible therapist who knows how to like really get at the heart of things that you can't get at by yourself. And I think that that process of clearing those blocks through therapy and, you know, through the work I was doing, I was doing a lot of other work. I was doing a lot of different kind of work on myself. I have to believe that that's sort of what helped in the manifestation of, of Lance. Totally. And it's almost like you opened yourself up to that relationship. It's like you made yourself the person to be able to be in that and give in that relationship or whatever you wanted to do in the relationship. That's right. So years before that, I remember I was having a particularly rough time. I said to myself, if you had someone in your life right now that loved you, what would you want them to do for you? What would you want them to say to you right now? How would you want them to act towards you being in the state of how you're feeling? I'd want them to like hold my hand, tell me everything's okay, take me to the little coffee shop there, get me like a nice treat, you know? And so that's what I did for myself. I took myself there. I got myself a beautiful coffee. I got myself a lovely croissant and I sat and I like read a book and I treated myself the way that I wanted to be treated by someone. One of the mantras that I've used throughout, you know, my career is like, how I treat myself is how I am treated. How I treat myself is how I am treated. Erin, right before you jumped on this call, Rhea and I were talking and you literally did the same thing. Yeah, I literally like a month ago got out of a two-year relationship. I told Nithya that I started dating myself. I took myself out to eat at a restaurant and I took my favorite book and I ordered a drink for myself and I just sat there and I ate good food and I read and I've just been dating myself recently because I don't think I was really doing that as much when I was in the relationship. I was giving a lot of it out but I wasn't giving it that much to myself so exactly what you said giving myself the love that I want. Yeah I love that I love that. 
We have to be kind and compassionate, loving, generous with ourselves. I think this is the only way that someone who matches that can find you, you know? So that's another really important piece. Yeah. So you were talking about how you were in a relationship when you met Lance. So how did you know when it was the right time to let go? You mentioned the settling. How do you know in general when a relationship is no longer serving you? What are some signs that in your life or some feelings inside of your soul and in your body that you interpreted when you knew that it was time to let go and move on? Well, I think it's really important to recognize that every relationship has its own lifespan. Some go on far longer than they should, but they're are benefits to that. There's a reason why you're not ready to let go. With some relationships, you just have to scrape the bottom of the barrel to know that it's time. Some relationships, you just have to get halfway through the barrel and you're like, okay, this isn't for me. But sometimes I feel like there's some relationships that are just really profound and there's just a little bit more that you need to learn most likely about yourself through it. So I had been in this relationship with this guy and I met this person when I was 20, I don't know, I was young. And when I met him, I thought, this is the guy I'm going to marry. He was older than me. He had a kid. And then we didn't see each other for a while. And then we kind of like reconnected. And then we started dating. And it was this very, like, we were soulmates. But that didn't mean the relationship was easy. And I was young. And there were a lot of things that I needed to learn and grow in in terms of how to communicate my needs. This relationship was kind of on and off for many, many years. And even when it was off, I still was like, but maybe we were broken up and I still was holding that maybe. And I I remember I was talking to a girlfriend of mine. I'm like, I just, I need like a sign. Like I need to know, is this like done? And I had gone out for a walk that night and he actually lived down the block from me, but I had not run into him once since we had broken up, but I was going for a walk and I saw someone in front of me and I could tell it was a woman walking his dog. And I kind of ran up. I was like, is that Wookie the dog? And she turned around and she's like, yeah. And like, you know, the dog jumps on me and licks me. Cause I, you know, we, I lived with the dog and I'm seeing this and she's a young woman and she's like, are you Aaron? And I'm like, yeah, who are you? And she said, I'm so-and-so's girlfriend. And I was like, what? First of all, I didn't know he had a new girlfriend. I use that in quotes. Cause who knows what they really were at the time. This is not to disparage anyone at all, but she was she was much younger than than me. She is a young woman who doesn't yet know who she is totally fully yet, right? Which is totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's zero judgment. But I know that I am a woman who's coming into my own and knows like knows myself so much better. I was like, if this is the kind of woman that he wants right now, then I know I am not the right woman for him. And I took that as a really big sign. And I, and that was a really big moment for me to say like it's time to let this go you are not lining up it was perfect timing because then that allowed that led me to meet the next guy which then allowed me to meet Lance you know and so even though that relationship felt like it dragged on too long and was quite painful it was what it needed to be and so I think you just kind of have to keep trusting the steps along the way and listening to your heart and keep like scraping the bottom of the barrel to know what you want. And if it takes longer than you think, you know, so be it. It's okay. Like have compassion for yourself and for your own learning and self-growth in the process. So 
if people out there, they want to keep fighting for a relationship that it's kind of like burdensome for them, what would you say to them? Do you keep fighting or do you accept that it's not meant for you at one point? You know, do you stop compromising your own self to be with another person or to make something work? I think you have to come to the realization that you will no longer tolerate feeling bad. And that takes some time because I think, you know, when you're young, you think maybe I'm supposed to feel bad. Like maybe this is normal. Maybe I did something wrong. And that's why I feel bad. You slowly eventually come to the realization, I think, I am just not willing to feel bad in this relationship anymore. I don't want to feel sad. I don't want to feel mad. I don't want to feel jealous. I don't want to feel hurt. I don't want to feel as though I don't know what's happening. I don't want to feel insecure. I don't want to feel unstable, right? So we, you start to really recognize what is it that you want to feel. And when those feelings are not lining up with what you want to feel, then that's the time to say to yourself, I don't want to feel this way anymore. So I'm going to leave. And I think you only leave when you can no longer tolerate feeling bad. So when you were able to like move on to the next person, do you feel like a part of you was holding on to your past love? The uh, Let's just call him the dog guy. <laughs> like when you went from the dog guy to like the guy right before Lance, did you feel like a part of you was still holding on to your previous relationship or were you perfectly let go? No, I definitely did. And I will even say... I mean, Lance won't be happy to know this, but the dog guy was like a, a soulmate, right? He just felt like the, the guy in between was less of a soulmate, but the, the the dog guy was like a soulmate. And even when Lance and I started dating, so we were dating and it was going really well. I still had a little voice in my head like, is there anything left with this other guy? You know, because Lance and I were still discovering each other. Like, I felt very confident in it, but like I had to clear out that last little voice. I think that's such a relatable feeling. In your 20s, you're like, oh crap, like uh, why am I holding on to my freshman year ex or like am I supposed to? Like what's wrong with me? Why can't I like just erase them? Like they seem to have erased me. I don't think you erase people. I mean, I feel like with the dog guy, sort of what I came to was like he has a parking spot in my heart and he will always have that spot. Like does he get to park his car there? No, but he has a spot there you know, we'll connect every now and then like via text. Like I still love him. Like I care for him as a human being. Like I want him to be well and I want him to be happy. I don't want to be married to him. I don't want to be in a relationship with him. I don't even really need to be like close friends with him, but he has a spot in my heart because of the relationship that we had. And I think that's a beautiful thing to honor. You don't just erase someone, you know, not, not when you love them. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of brings out your humanity too. That's the beautiful thing about being human is that even though these moments come and go in our lives, the memories and stuff stay in the parking spot in our heart. That's right. There's plenty of room for more spots, you know, so we always can continue to have people come in into our lives, friends, you know, other kinds of soulmates come into our life and like really take a spot in our heart. And I think that that's like you said, a beautiful thing about life. Rhea, you, I feel, have a spot in my heart. You know, I always, I think of you fondly. I'm always like, what's she doing? You know, that's a beautiful thing. And we just hope that we continue in life to create spots, parking spots for love. Yeah, it's so funny because on our podcast website and when I have my bio, I have you up as the first line. Like I was introduced to manifestation by Aaron Stutland. I literally would have never known about this if I hadn't met you just like known about 
manifesting and just your thoughts and the power of movement in your body. And I think what you're saying at the beginning was totally correct. We're constantly manifesting, but then once you consciously align your thoughts, that was something I didn't I didn't know. Some of the thoughts that I was thinking was actually showing up in my life. And then I met you, thankfully, when I was 18, at the right time in my life to start <laughs> manifesting and doing things consciously. We'd love for you to lead our audience through a mantra exercise. The mantras that I love to use are, I am tuned in, I step into the flow, I have all that I need, and the rest I let go. Bring your hands into prayer pose. Bring your hands to your forehead. and then bring them to your heart. You just kind of move the hands between the forehead and the heart and you say to yourself, I am tuned in. I am tuned in. Extend the arms out and bring them into your heart. You say, I step into the flow. Circle your arms towards you like a wheel almost. And from here you say, I have all that I need. In this moment, I have everything that I could possibly need. I don't need anything more that's outside of myself. Have enough. I have all that I need. And then you can kind of shake your arms out and say, the rest I let go. Any other thoughts, any other fears, anything that's not present right now, like any other thinking, I just let it go. we say, I am tuned in. I am tuned into the present moment. I am tuned into my higher self. I am tuned in. I step into the flow where life is easy, where life feels good. I have all that I need. Everything right here is in front of me. It's what I need. And the rest I let go. And so you can just kind of repeat that to yourself with some movement before you do anything. I have examples of this on my website as well. So you can kind of dig around for it and find it. Which, by the way, you can all check out inside the movement. If you're looking to do mantras and movement and you want to do on video with me, it's exercise, it's fitness, it's invigorating. And we move with mantras and it's all about this idea of bringing up the feelings and then, you know, using a mantra to soothe and, and better yourself. I just want to say thank you so much, Erin, for coming. This was so helpful, especially coming from your perspective. You've manifested so many things and you're a pro at mantras in motion and, you know, getting movement into your life and getting the life that you want. Thank you so much. This was super inspiring. And really, I feel like hearing your story came at such a good time in my life. Really, thank you for your time. And we 
are so excited to share this with our listeners because I'm sure that they would love to hear your stories too. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You ladies are awesome. I'm so proud of you both and everything you're doing. I know this time of life is really hard, but you're doing great. I get so excited about what young people are doing right now and how you have this podcast going and you're just working so hard and you're working on yourself and you're writing in your journals and you're just, you're just both such beautiful people. And I'm really proud of you and I'm proud to know you. So thank you for having me. Oh my God. I loved that. Yeah, this is amazing. Thank you for listening to Signs of the Universe. This episode was produced by Rhea Dudani and Nithya Putlola, featuring Aaron Stutland. The episode was sound designed and mastered by Al Rinaldi. We'll see you next time.